Aiden. <laughs> oh my god, you little shithead. Hello, everybody. Hey guys, this is Kendra. She had like this beaver face and her nostrils flared. Like, hello. It's because <laughs> at the beginning of the year when the music is played and we're recording, and, like she has to stay silent for 12 seconds and she has such a problem with it. Yeah, so she fucking jinxes me. She tries to do that shit on purpose. <laughs> That's not nice, Kendra. That's not spiritual. <laughs> no, but it was really freaking funny. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That's the look on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is, this is why we don't have a YouTube channel. Yeesh. Maybe we should. No. Uh, <laughs> Kendra's like, we're doing it. Next thing you know, it's not just true crime. She's dragging me along. I've got no. a fucking TV you know, series. No, I don't want to do. No, I have to like put on pants. Uh, like, I'm kidding. I'm wearing pants. But I'd have to make sure, like, I had makeup on, hair's oh. done. Do you think I'd be able to wear my pajamas? I mean, if we just did it from, like, waist. But my pajama, like, dude, when you see me wearing jeans, it's laundry day, okay? <laughs> That's, like, the opposite of most people. Yeah, yeah. I fucking hate jeans. Ah, oh, God, I love me some sweatpants. I don't I even know if I... What this that you're listening to nocturnal distractions hi this is nocturnal distractions we're distracted because it's nocturnal time yeah and this is the second episode we've recorded tonight yeah it is we're like blah blah which is pretty good considering it took us three days to record the last one no, we're <laughs> right. so we either have it on time bam 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 or we're a little late or we're just shoving it all but in. we got we usually well other than like maybe twice we've gotten in two episodes a week yeah. Once. We've only done that one other time. Has it only been one other time? I think so. Yeah, yeah, it has been. It's only been that one week that, mm-hmm. that the, if, you're, if you're a Patreon, you can listen to that episode. <laughs> oh, jeebus. So that should just intrigue you, right? Enough there to be joining Patreon. The same. Oh, maybe it is too. Because remember when we recorded at my house, we did two that night too. Yeah, but Maybe. I meant like we've never had a week where we've only done one episode except for <gasps> oh, that week. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Where right. we made one the bonus episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. But otherwise, we haven't done. And usually yeah. it's on Monday and Thursday. Yeah. So, I mean, technically we usually have a schedule. We do. I think the schedule is freaking me out. And I was like, yeah, we're just going to have to mix this up a little well, bit. Well, we had stuff come up this week. Yeah, we did. We had I mean, we just had stuff come up. It's just That's just what happened. That's life. It is life. Yeah. It's life. Life. Okay. What um, see, and now since we're doing two in one day, I can't remember what I've announced already and what I haven't. Okay, you've announced that we are nocturnal distractions. No, I know what I mean as far as like any other announcements. But I already said we had another that other. We're Apple doing a trailer. Review. Not today. Okay, never mind. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Okay, that's a lie. Sorry. Retract. Retract. Rewind. Jerp. Rewind. Hey. Since I'm not taking anything out. Um. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go and we're gonna go in a completely new direction tonight. Yeah, because you know what you know what season it's getting to be. Halloween, spooky season. Spooky season. It's gonna be spooky season. Bah! Spooky. Season. <laughs> <laughs> I scared myself there for a second. Not gonna lie. We apologize for your eardrums, everyone. We are not held responsible for any broken ones. Nope, because it's spooky season. It is spooky season, and so I I plan to do. Some paranormal cases for my next few episodes. Probably. So she wants to give me a fucking heart attack? I mean, they're not like... Look, I think it's less scary hearing it as a story than watching it on TV. Right, and in the di- and when the lights are on. 
I mean, I could turn the lights off. I'd rather you not. I mean, but anyway, yeah, I'm going to go in with some paranormal stuff, some like, are these creatures real or not stuff? What are those called? Cryptids or something like that? Um, yeah. Like, like Mothman. Oh, yeah. Like those types of things. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm doing this month because I, I mean, yes, hauntings and whatnot usually are caused by some sort of dying or murder, but huh, I don't have to talk as much about it. <laughs> And so, so today's episode mm-hmm. is the is pal- <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know how to say Palmyra. Okay, creatures. Palmyra. I've never heard of this before. I think it's usually called the Palmyra Wolf Clan, something like that. Um, so it's uh, I think it was Paranormal Activity had aired an episode about it at one point. Okay. And it's supposed to be, you know, paranormal, you know, creatures. Are these real? Are they not? Type of a thing. They interviewed the family and things so like that. So is it like a wolf? They're not really sure. You'll have to listen to the story to find out. Well, let's get to it, Mr. Mrs. Mrs. Say, Mr. Me. I don't know why Mr. just sounded. So anyways. Yeah. She's got boobies. She is not a mister. Well, that's debatable. I mean, no, I mean the boobies part, not the mister. <laughs> And so our story begins on a dark night. <laughs> well, not really, but okay. Uh, so this is the story of the Martin family and their encounter with wolf-like creatures in Palma. I can say this word. It's like literally spoke Palmyra, Maine. Hmm. Now you got to know Maine. There's some very heavily forested areas up there. Oh yeah. So it it they can be kind of a spooky, spooky place sometimes. Right. Don't get lost. Yeah, You'll get much. lost. Yeah. I- You'll get, you'll get snatched right out of the woods up there, man. Yeah. I'll be covering some of those cases, too, where they just all of a sudden, poof, poof. Like, they'll be hiking along with a whole group of people and be like, somebody will turn around and then, like, turn around two seconds later and all of a sudden the person behind them is just gone. Frankie's gone. Yeah, pretty much. So, in 2005, Eric Martin, who's a husband, mm-hmm. he was working at a paper mill in Maine. And he had been working there for a really long time. And he wound up um, throwing out his back and he slipped some discs. And ultimately, it wound up, he couldn't work anymore. Like, he wound up oh. disabled. And so, he's out of work. All right. And his wife, Shelly, who was not working at the time, and she, he couldn't work, so she needed to get a job. And she had some connections through her hometown and mm-hmm. was able to get a job there. And the hometown was in Maine called Palmyra. Okay. Uh, it's a very small rural community like 1200 people i looked up the population of it even now and it's it's right around there still and she was raised there because this is her hometown Mm -hmm. hometown but you know it's only like 1200 people live there so small 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 small. and they also had a 17 year old daughter named chelsea who was obviously not very eager to move to a town of 1200 people no but um it's the only place they could afford basically and since it was so cheap to like live there they actually wound up getting like a bigger house and more property than they had before living there. Um, So they moved into like this big old farmhouse that was on a whole bunch of acres of land. Right there says spooky. Pretty much. But, you know, if you didn't know it was spooky, it would be kind of pretty. You know, you have all this land and everything else. Beautiful farmhouse. And to get to this farmhouse, you had to go down this bumpy access road kind of like the gravel roads we were on earlier tonight okay okay okay. and then you get to their long driveway 
once you were on the property, so let's say you get onto that property and you're looking out from the house, it's like a 360 degree view of just forest. Beautiful. Very dense forest. Oh, wow. So we're talking like so dense that... Um, it would be hard to find you. It was, yeah, there was, there was no one in there. There was no nature trails. It was just dark, dense forest everywhere. The fuck decides to make a, a house out there? People in Maine. People in Maine. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. So even though no one's really happy about being there, they move up there. And as they're, un- and this is important, this is kind of an important part here. Yeah. So as they're unpacking, um, Eric picks up one of the mini rifles that he owned. He, he came from a family of hunters. And so he had a bunch of guns. He had a bunch of rifles and different things. And he starts kind of taking them into the house. And his wife is like, <laughs> no. Nope. We're not keeping guns in the house. <laughs> but, I mean, they've been married for how long? 17 years at least. And I think that before there wasn't any other place to put the guns. But she's like, we're not keeping guns in the house. You have a barn now. You're going to put them out there. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And I, that's always been like, a, it was always kind of a conflict between them. Because she didn't like having them in the house when they have a child right. type of a situation. But they didn't have anywhere else to put them before. And I'm assuming like... She's like, this is my hometown. This is, you don't need one here. So fucking take it outside. Yeah, and it was more just, she just didn't like having him in the house. And yeah. now there's somewhere else to put him. And so he reluctantly like agrees. Okay, fine. I won't put my guns in the house. I'll put them in the barn. Stupid move. And so he went out in the barn and him and his son, Sean, who didn't live with them, but he had come to like help him move in. Okay. They built this nice gun case for all the rifles and put a lock on it in the barn. So they've been there for a while then. Well, I mean, this is when they're just getting moved in. You know, the normal stuff. And they locked the barn itself, so they were totally secure. And in the barn. But not readily accessible. Right, exactly. So when somebody comes to kill them. No, but the whole point is, like, they're hunting guns. He used them for hunting. He didn't use them for, like, like home protection. Like, that that was never even the purpose of them. Oh, okay. It was just for hunting. That's why, like, they, you know, he came from a line of hunters. Right, so then it makes no sense to have them. Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense to have them just put in the barn and locked up so they're not easily accessible. Right, okay. And so over this first year, um, Shelly and Eric had had kind of had this routine of at the end of every day, they would go sit on their front porch. There was, you know, big front porch that's covered front porch. And they would sit out there and they would drink coffee and they would just talk about their day. You know, and it became something they did pretty much every day. Nice. So it was pretty average thing. So he's a stay-at-home dad at this point. Yeah, because he can't work. Yeah. Because of his back. So, yeah. Um, so like I said, this is something I look forward to like every single night. And it was almost exactly a year after moving. And um, Shelly and Eric were sitting out on the front porch enjoying their coffee, chatting. And Shelly thinks she sees something in the woods. In the dense fucking forest. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And to understand this, too, you kind of have to understand the layout of the woods in reference to their porch. So I'm going to try to attempt to give you a visual without giving you a visual. <laughs> right. So, how f- um, so right in front of their porch was a gravel road where they parked their cars, which was about 20 meters or 65 feet from the house. So from the porch to this gravel area where they parked their cars, it's about 65 feet. To the left of their house is the barn. Beyond the barn, straight out from the porch, is this huge open field. 
they have one huge open field where there's no trees um, or anything. It's just like an open grazing area. And beyond the field was the beginning of the line of trees that were really dense. Okay. So it wasn't like a huge field, but there was like porch, gravel road, field, trees. Right. There's some distance. Yeah. But not, I mean, not a lot of it. Yes. Yes. And so while they're talking, you know, a couple hundred meters away, so about 330 feet, she sees these lights kind of back in, like, sort of by the trees, like these pulsating lights that she described. Like it as. could be uh, car lights. They, that's through. what they thought at first, but it didn't quite look like a car, and there was no sound. And there was no road straight out that way either. <gasps> Holy, are they, is this going to be one of those they are, like, trapped out there and all these people come and, like, hold them hostage in their fucking house, basically? No. Okay. Okay. Well, not people. Well, whatever they are, like, I feel like my stomach is getting all, like, <gasps> nervous already. already. This isn't even that scary of a story. I don't... It's even that scary. To you, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. I'm not saying stop. I'm just saying... It didn't look like a car. And there was no road that was straight out ahead of them. It was just forced. So there was... No reason for there to be light there. Right. So Eric, when he sees the lights, he thinks that there's a poacher or somebody who's hunting illegally on his property. Because it almost looked like, you know, flashlights bobbing around, maybe. Yeah. And so his son, Sean, happened to be there. So he calls him out and, you know, says, hey, do you think that there's like a poacher down there or something at the edge of this tree line? Sean's like, I, I don't know, maybe. So they decide that they are going to just go out and tell the person to leave his property. So he asked Sean to go with him. And their plan was just to go to the edge of the property and yell out like, hey, this is private property. You need to leave. Yada, yada. We got a gun. No. Basically, like, you're on private property. FYI, can you please vacate? Go away. Yeah. Um, so as they're walking across this field, though, and they're getting closer to the tree line, the lights begin to fade and then they disappear back into the woods. And then they can't see them at all anymore. Oh. And they're like, okay, well, standing at the edge of the forest, so like, they don't see any lights. They're fairly confident, pretty sure there's that lights. there's nobody there. Okay, They must have left. But they decide to walk into the woods a little ways, even though it's dark. They're not going to get lost. They walk a little ways in, continue to yell, this is private property. Um, and so, you mind you, very dense forest, low limbs, whatever. And They've walked about 10 to 15 meters, about 32 to 50 feet into the woods. Oh, my God. And then they hear what sounds like someone walking parallel to them. It sounds like a scary movie when the person runs up the fucking stairs when they should be running out the door. They're not on stairs. I know, but you know what I mean. Okay, go on. So they hear somebody. It sounds like somebody's walking parallel to them, maybe 50 feet away on their left-hand side. And they both stop and look. But they didn't want to take any chance that they were being stalked by, like, some predator out there. Because there's big animals in Maine in these forests. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, they're like, you know what? I don't see any lights anymore. We gotta go. Uh, we're gonna get out of these woods. <laughs> so that's what they did. About a month after that, um, Chelsea and then Nathan, who was her boyfriend at the time, he was staying with the family at the farm. And it was, like, the first nice spring day. Yeah. Since... Ever because apparently uh, Maine winters are very dreary and cold and just miserable. Yeah, so they're all kind of stuck inside and kind like cabin in. fever. I would assume so. I've never been to either place. So. Me neither. But I watched. But I've heard that it's kind of you know 
just like Seattle's always raining, you know, right. whatever. And so they decide, you know, we're going to go for a walk around the woods and take the dogs out with us, you know, let them run around a little bit because they're just as cooped up as everybody else has been. Mm-hmm. And so they walk across the big field in front of the house and into the forest. I mean, this is daytime, so not nighttime. And so they have them on leashes at first. And then when they get out there, they take them off the leashes to let them like run. It's because they've been cooped up too, obviously. And once they let them run, they go crazy basically. And they take off running for about a hundred meters and come to a dead stop right outside a big mound. And they just like stop. Oh yeah. They're just like, what's this? And as they walk up to it, it looks like a dirt mound, but they can tell it's more like a den. Like an animal den? Like a beaver. Kind of, but big. For fucking human beings that are dogs. I don't know. But there's big pieces of wood that have been leaned into, like a lean-to type of structure, with moss and dirt and grass put all over the outside. And it looks like a very intentionally made mound. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a circular hole, obviously right in the front, and the dogs have stopped right outside, and they're poking their heads in and kind of smelling into the hole. And Nathan and Chelsea are kind of looking at it like, uh, who made this? Is this like a hunter's thing? I was about to say like a blinder, but or on the ground. something that a hunter would make? Because why would an animal make this? It seems really big for any animal to make it. But it was definitely made on purpose. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like an accidental, like, the nature type of a thing. Yeah. And so Nathan, he just kind of looks down the den, but it's totally dark. And he thinks he hears it's like something growling inside of it. Mm. And so, without any hesitation, he's like, "We gotta go. We gotta mm, nope. Just we gotta get this. out of here. I don't know what's living in here, and we gotta go." So they take the dogs, put them back on the leashes, get out of the forest, and they get back to the house. And they told Eric and Shelley uh, what they'd seen out there, and they were like, "Okay, hey, we found this hunter stand <laughs> mound den of some sort out there in the middle of the woods, basically right. straight out from your porch." And Eric mm-hmm. realizes that's about the area that him and Sean were at when they could have sworn they heard something out there moving around. Right. So another couple of months go by. So we're kind of into like summertime now, basically. And Eric and Shelly are once again, nighttime, sitting out on the porch, having their coffee. And there's like a low mist. You know, like how we get out here yeah. sometimes. Low mist, like hanging around on the ground. And over the whole entire field and they're commenting on how creepy it was and then like it was just kind of like a what's it observation at first like it's just kind of creepy and then they realized that it got creepier because they heard no wildlife no crickets no animals no anything everything was like silent and this is summertime out in the country right to hear no insects nothing yeah. And normally at night, because they were out there all the time, it was humming with life. And I'd be creeped out. Right. Like, if you realize all of a sudden, like, there's no sound. Why is there no sound? Like, that is fucking creepy. And I don't think they have tornadoes out there. Not in me, no. Okay. No, no, it wouldn't have been the weather because they would have known that was, yeah. No, this was, like, just, like, the, like... Right. So Shelly has, like, this big, like, high-powered flashlight that she kept with her when they were outside mm-hmm. and um so she starts scanning kind of you know the property line she doesn't even know what she's looking for but she's just scanning you know not knowing just going back and forth because it just seemed really odd but that's why she scans across the field and she doesn't see anything so she puts the flashlight down 
and starts just talking with Eric again, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they normally talked about. And Eric Sorry. would say later on that for whatever reason, when she put that flashlight down, he suddenly felt like they were in danger. Like he had this like, yeah, this feeling and he's looking out and he doesn't see anything. And all of a sudden he's like, you know what? We got to go inside. We got to go. We gotta, I don't know what it is, but we got to go inside. We're going to go inside right now. Let's go. Right. And, uh, you know, Shelly's like, I what's the big deal? I just want to, let's just stay out here for another couple of minutes. That would be Kendra. Kendra would be like, oh, we're just fine. I'd be like, oh, my God. I get this feeling in my stomach right now. Like, oh, my God, hurry up. It's anticipation. It's suspenseful. Like, get in the fucking That's house. That's the point. Yeah, I know. So, get, well, I, you're accomplishing. <laughs> Good. So, he stands up and he's like, no, go inside. <laughs> and he tries to, like, grab her and kind of push her into the house she's kind of fighting against him and all of a sudden like she stops and she goes did you hear that and eric like immediately knows that whatever the reasoning for him feeling like this it's going down something's happening so eric turns around he can't see anything because it's dark right so shelly grabs that flashlight again and begins scanning the tree line and she gets to the field again and about halfway across the field right in front of them she stops because there are three creatures that look like wolves. Big, huge creatures that are looking right at them. Like, I'm going to eat you. And then two others join them. So there's five wolf-like creatures that are staring right at them from the middle of this field. Right, like, I'm going to eat you. Where are their other ki- Where are their kids at? Well, Sean doesn't actually live with them and Chelsea's inside. Okay, so she's safe. She's not out yeah. there wandering. Um, so she- Shelly says to Eric, what are those? And Eric, might do, he's an experienced hunter. He's like, I have no idea. I think they might be bears or right. wolves. While well, not being inside the house yet. Well, like, I think it startled them because these things were huge mm-hmm. and they were looking right at them mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Like, I think they were just like, what are those? Right. <laughs> like, it just takes you off, like, guard, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, they might be wolves. We got to go inside. And so Shelly's just holding the flashlight still, right? And these creatures start charging directly at them so fast that she wasn't even able to keep the light on them anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they were already halfway across the field by the time they get inside the house. Oh, my God. So they're super fast. Super fast. They shut the door and they lock it. And then the two of them go around the entire, like, bottom floor of this. It's a two-story farmhouse. And they close every window, every blind, make sure everything's locked whatever and they, so there's just something different about these five creatures and the way they started running for, towards them like they were targeting them mm-hmm. and they just ran and so even after the house was secure they didn't really feel safe i know you know and they're standing in the middle of the cabin eric saying my guns are in the barn we have no protection and shelly was like do not go yeah. out there and he went out there of course do not go out there we don't know what these things are, and it could be a bear, it could be a wolf, but we don't know, so don't you go out there. Mm-hmm. And she goes upstairs and shuts off all the lights, make sure the windows are all shut, and then she goes into Chelsea's room, her daughter. And she wakes her up, she's like, come here, come, come look at this, you know, she's like, come look at this stuff. And so they go over to the window, and they kind of like, don't poke their heads, like, obviously all the way up, because they don't want to be seen. So they just kind of like raise their eyes up a little bit over like the edge of the window and looking down. And out the window, she looks down and like on the gravel where they parked their car. So 65 feet away from the house are like these five creatures. And they're just standing in a row 
looking directly at the house. It's like they were waiting for them to come outside. Or how do we get in? Or that. So they're just standing there patiently. Standing and looking. And it did not look like, obviously, normal animal behavior. Animals don't do that. No. And as Shelly's looking at one of these, you know, down at one of these animals, it looks directly up at her. Mm-hmm. Stands on two legs. As if like a human. And looks at her. And she gasps and falls over because this creature is like eight feet tall. Eight feet tall, wolf looking like, standing on two legs, staring right up at her. Mm-hmm. And it obviously takes her by surprise because they weren't that much above the window. Like, how did this creature even know they were up there? How did, how did, the, it was just like, like staring straight at the door and then just like straight up. Holy fuck. You know, so she's like terrified. Is this a real story? Like real life? Yeah. Okay. But it's supposed to be. I mean, it's one of those things like, it, it's one of those things like, you know, Sasquatch or like the Bigfoot or, you know, one of those things. Is it? Who knows? But it's supposed to be based on something that's true. <laughs> and, you know, obviously she's just like, she can't process what the heck is happening right now because it stood up on its hind legs. And it was huge. And it looked right at her. And they're sitting right outside the house just waiting. Mm-hmm. So she tells her daughter, get in bed. Don't go to your windows. Don't leave this room. And that's when Shelly remembers she hasn't heard her two dogs. And so she's worried that they might be outside. She starts quietly walking all along the top floor looking for her dogs and calling out for them. They don't come out, but she goes into the master bedroom and finds her two dogs. They're like hiding in the corner of the room, like cowering. Holy fuck. Together. Like, no, they like they're startled by whatever is out there, even though they haven't seen it. Right. They just sense it. Yeah. They're like terrified. Almost just ripped off my bad nail. That'd be terrible, too. That would fucking be terrible, because it's my real-life nail. Stop picking them. Well, my nails are completely off. The fake ones are gone. They're done. Okay, go on. Meanwhile, Eric was pacing downstairs, thinking he needed to go to the barn. And he needed to get his guns to protect his family. But he knew that between his own disability, because he can barely walk very fast, not to mention run, and he'd have to unlock the barn, pull down the gun case, unlock that, (laughs) all the while exposed to those things that are out there yeah they know there's no way yeah so the next next best thing in his mind to do is that maybe he could run outside get in his truck back the truck up to the porch or the front door and get his wife and his daughter out into the car and drive away no but that's i mean that's his i life. mean that's his option but that's I his mean, option. Come on now so he goes to the window and he pulls the blinds aside and looks outside and they're gone of course they are they're hiding so they're not sitting on the gravel and he doesn't know where they are. So they're not in front of the house. He closes mm. the blinds. He goes, well, I can't go out there now because I don't know where they are. Right. So he starts pacing again. Mm. And he looks out again. Now he sees that they're back in the field. They're facing the house still. But he can see them because the moon has now kind of come out from the fog. Yeah. And he can see all five of them. And he's like, all right, if I keep my eyes on them. I can open the door, mm-hmm. run out and get the car, back it up without them seeing me. And without telling Shelly his wife, he quietly opens the door and he goes on the front porch and he sees him out in the field. He's got a, he's watching him. He's got a good line of sight on him. He's watching them and they're watching him then. Well, he, they're looking at the house. They're not looking at him. They're looking at the house. Okay. So they haven't noticed him yet. Right. And he doesn't dark. know that they were watching his wife. So they got like super sonar yeah. shit. Either way, like they're, they're a ways away. Okay. They're looking up at the house. 
he's watching them. They don't notice him yet. And he, so he's trying to quietly go down the steps. Mm-hmm. And he's walking over to his truck, which is about a few meters. I don't know how many meters away. Actually. And he's getting closer. He has his eye on the creatures that are in the field. They haven't moved. Apparently I haven't seen him. He gets to the driver's side of his truck. He's got his keys up, kind of fumbling to the unlock button. Mm-hmm. And then his motion sensor light kicks on. Of course it does. Of fucking course, because you forgot to turn it off and you forgot you had one. It's supposed to be there for protection. So then they come running at him. Oh, my God. And he's so on edge being out there when the light kicks on, he drops his keys. Of course he does. And the first thing he does is look towards the field. And he sees that one of the five creatures is now standing on his hind legs again, looking directly at him. Mm -hmm. And they're fast. And before he even bends down to get his keys, he sees them all running straight towards him. Oh, yeah. Here's supper. So he reaches down, grabs his keys, and runs back to the house as fast as he possibly can. Gets inside and slams the door right as he hears them crossing this gravel road now. So now they're going across this gravel driveway that's 65 feet away from their house. Right. And hears them come up on the porch. Mm. Right after he slammed the door. So he's too scared, obviously, to even look out the window and ducks down out of sight. Shelly, who's upstairs, can hear everything going on and yells, Eric, what's going on? And he goes, stay up there. You know, basically, like, I'm not going to tell her if I'm outside. So basically, you know, all three of them, they're in the house. They're just frozen and waiting, knowing that these creatures are, like, right outside, walking around the wraparound porch because they can hear them. And after a while, he hears the footsteps of these creatures leave the porch and go back to the gravel. And so he pokes his head up and looks out, and all five of them are sitting there again, just facing the house, on the gravel road, where they park, waiting for them to come out of the house. And so he goes upstairs, where Shelly Shelley and Chelsea are, and they're so scared, they're like, let's call the police. You know, if nothing else, a police car will drive up, and it should scare away these creatures. Right. So, Shelly gets on the phone, and lets on that they're really scared, but she makes the mistake of saying that there's something on their property. Oh. Something on their property. In fact, it's five creatures. Things. Running around outside. Now they sound like crazy people. And immediately the police officer responds, all right, well, are you sure it's not a moose? <laughs> no, motherfucker, it's not a moose. Are you sure it's not a bear? I've lived here my whole life. I know it's not one of those things. And finally, she's like, no, can you please just come over here? And he's like, listen, just keep your door shut. Keep your windows shut. And I'm sure it'll be fine. And that's about the end of the call. So the people that lived there in this house before them, like, why did they leave the house? I have no idea. Probably because there's fucking creatures. Okay, go on to me. So they're on their own. The family obviously felt helpless. And Eric was really frustrated because he can't protect his family because he doesn't have a weapon. And he can't get to his vehicle. And so they decide the only thing they can really do is barricade themselves inside the house. Mm-hmm. So the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes, they put heavy furniture in front of all the doors and windows. They block everything as best as they could. They got kitchen knives and an axe that they had inside to chop wood and go back upstairs. They lock themselves in the master bedroom and with their weapons and their dogs and they get on the bed and they all just decide wait we're just going to wait till the sun comes up. So during the time they were barricaded in the house, they would look out from time to time and because like this the room that they're in there's two windows that are like kind of covered so they would look out and they would see the five creatures just sitting on that gravel area in front of their house just waiting 
And once they got upstairs and were barricaded, they immediately heard the creatures move off the gravel again and heard a couple of them, at least, walk onto the porch to start pacing all around that walk around porch. And it's totally silent besides the sound because there's no crickets or anything. Totally silent besides the sounds of these creatures. And they were clearly communicating with each other. Mm. They were bumping into walls. They were howling at each other. It was clear there was communication, like they were trying to coordinate, like, how do we get in here? Um, the way this house was set up, there was, so there's two floors. And the second floor had, um, there was a roof, obviously, over, like, the porch. And then the first floor was a little bit wider than the second floor and had its own separate roof. So there was, like, a longer roof and a shorter roof. I don't know if that makes sense. So when you're up on top of, like, the porch roof, basically, you're, like, right by the second floor windows. Gotcha. And after a while, the creatures stopped walking on the porch. They left the porch, and it's just silence. And they would hear them jump onto that first roof. Oh, shit. So Scary thing about that is, if you walked around that roof, you could actually look into the second floor windows. So they're laying there. Periodically, they'd be looking over at the windows, because they were on both sides of the room. They had windows on both sides of the room, and there was just a thin curtain. So there was a curtain between them and the windows. And so from time to time, these creatures would walk past their windows and they would stop and they would put their paws on the windows and try to look inside. But because of this thin sheet, they couldn't actually see the creature and the creatures couldn't see them. So on a serious note, they went to the most unprotected part of the fucking house. But they didn't know they could jump up on the roof. They're fucking eight feet tall. Common sense. But but where else are they supposed to go? I don't fucking know. Not there. I mean, to me, I guess I would assume that, too. Like, get to the highest point. Or, uh, I wouldn't have thought they'd be able to jump up that high. If they can stalk you, like... I'm, look, I'm just saying, like, okay. when your mind is in that state, like, what... You're not thinking clearly of... I mean, it's just one... Highest point. Highest point. Right. Type of a thing. Mm. And all night, they're listening to these creatures running around. Sometimes they hear really loud scratching. Like, they figured out something, and they were trying to burrow their way into the house. So after a whole night of this, but they never actually broke glass. They never actually got inside the house. So the sun started to come up and they heard the creatures jump off the roof and run away. And so for about an hour, though, they didn't hear anything outside. Sun's coming up, starting to feel safe again. So they left the room. They go downstairs, finally open it up. And all over their property are signs of these huge creatures that have been there. Because they had these massive footprints, big old claws at the end. They found these huge tufts of hair that had gotten stuck in, like, fence posts. And even scarier, they said all these points on the house, in particular on the second floor, where they were walking around on that roof, there were clear markings where they had tried to burrow into the house. Mm. The front door, and or there were just deep scratch marks all over the side of the house. The front door had been scratched almost apart. And it was very clear that whatever these creatures were, they were trying to get into the house and they had just not been successful. Yeah. Any longer they might have been. Yeah. So this experience was obviously so traumatic for the family. They sold that house as soon as they could and they moved up out of there. Yeah. And they have not experienced anything at all like that since they left. Do but they still live in the town? Um, I don't know if they still live in the town, but they don't live in that house. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean. I wonder if anybody else has experienced that. 
Um, there's like, if you go online, like there's different creatures, like big wolf looking creatures that don't quite look like wolves. Right. But the closest thing you can compare them to, or it's a wolf, but they're huge. <laughs> and there's been different people that have had like sightings of these wolf like wolf like creatures, basically. Right. And since they can stand up on two legs, I'm thinking that it's like, remember, um, like the hills have eyes. Have you ever seen that movie? Right. Like these hillbilly bumpkins that were like born and bred out there. They're super tall and they got like animal fur to like cover them up. And yeah, that's what, and there was map. I feel like they were human beings. They can jump. Psychotic. They can jump eight to 10 feet in the air. Have you seen runners before when they do those fucking jumps? They don't jump eight to 10 feet in the air. Pole vaulters use the pole. I will. That's how I would explain it, but that's freaky as fuck. I would be more apt to believe it was an actual creature. I'm not going to lie. There was a point when I wanted to punch you because I wanted to know, like, <gasps> the suspense. Like, me and suspense is not crazy. And then I wanted to vomit there for a minute. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. They're going to get eaten or that sun's going to come see him and it's just going to be, ah! All bad. But they it's made it out of life. paranormal stories, not like people getting eaten stories. Dude, like paranormal shit fucking goes awry sometimes. Okay, fine. None of my paranormal stories include anyone getting eaten. Okay, she she deals with blood and guts and mass murder. That's but what I'm taking paranormal. a break from. I know. Hello. <laughs> this is what happens after the blood and the guts and the mass oh. murder. This is the people that are the weird creatures. I wanted the weird creatures. Cause that, I like cause, it. Because the weird creatures are kind of like some of the, the theories behind like people to go missing in the forest. Like it because it's like where else would they go with like no sign of them going anywhere? Right. I like that one. You got to do that one. I remember we talked. We got to do it. that. Which one? Oh fuck! I got to stop trying to take this off like it's a fake nail because my whole entire nail is gonna come off and it's gonna be creepy. Oh. So anyway, what, what one should I do? The one with the forget me nots. There's a lot of ones like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll cover some of them. Yeah, because there's a whole bunch of the cases they're called the missing four one one. Because the guy actually went around, he started hearing about all these missing ones. He's actually an ex-police detective. And he starts mapping out, like, all these different areas and, like, the overlapping areas. And there's actually something called the Bentington Triangle. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the Bermuda Triangle, only in a forested mountain area. where It's kind of like the same thing. People go missing. Oh, wow. A lot. I need a Band-Aid. That's kind of creepy. Stop fucking going there, people, if you know people go missing. like. But, it, but like, it's just there's places in North America and, like, the forests and stuff where people just go missing. Poof. Never seen again. That's crazy. Or, they're, or they show up randomly, like, months later. Or it's, like, a kid who they find way outside the normal search area. Like, yeah. how did the, there's no physical way this kid could have gotten there by themselves. How did they get here? That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. So anyway, there was your first. There was your first paranormalish experience, guys. I liked it. I need a band aid. Okay. <laughs> I will get you one. Just okay. Sorry. I just feel like my gonna take my thumb. There's band aids in the cupboard in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Just I was almost. I love you. Good gravy. It's two o'clock in the morning. So yes. Like oh. I said, it's, it's spooky season, and I've been wanting to throw in a paranormal something or other here for a little while. Yeah, she has. She's, you've been talking about it for... Yeah, but I had to finish fucking Mary Beth Tinning. Yeah. <sighs> but, so like I said, since it's spooky season, and, and 
Paranormal is supposed to be one of the things we cover. Yeah. I'm going to be doing some of that. And maybe I'll get April to do some of it, too. Yeah. I can't find the band-aids. Okay. So, um, review us. I think, like us. I think, like, Apple Podcasts is probably the best place to leave us reviews. As far as, like, stars, download our episodes, listen to our episodes. That's um, nocturnal.com. Yep. We are, we've got Gmail, mm-hmm. uh, distractions at gmail.com. Ooh, yeah. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We have a Patreon page. Um, we love you. Other donation sites, like, all of that is in the show notes. There's, like, one link that'll take you to a website that has literally links to everything else that I just talked about. A link to a link. It was a link to all the things. Yeah. Basically. Stop picking at it. I'm not picking at it now. I'm just holding it like I'm going to pick at it. Like, oh. I smashed my finger in a car, but not the car door. But, you know, like when you go to lift your seat up, that little button or that lever, I caught it right in the middle of that. And I thought my finger was going to peel off and it's all weird. And I thought it was one of my fake nails and I'm going to. My co-host has issues. I don't like pain. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to teach her any of this technology stuff, guys. <sighs> I mean, she gets hurt working on car seat. <laughs> I fucking do. Good night. <laughs> I love you. Okay. I love you guys. <coughs> and we will. Yeah. We'll. Get, yeah, we'll. We'll catch we'll, you on the we'll flip side. We'll see you next week. Maybe we'll get episodes out on time. Yeah. But hey, you got two in one night, so yeah, so don't complain. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye.